Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. everybody how you doing well that's good welcome to broad street hockey radio that's right poop street radio my name is bill matt i'm your director of fun and games for the evening i didn't even say it right i said poop street not poop street hockey radio we were just talking about something off the air and i thought this would be a fun way to get things started uh, my name's bill matt i'm your director of fun and games i think i already said that uh yes yeah, so we have a hockey podcast um Allegedly. Allegedly. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck we're doing this week. Charlie's not here, and you know how that always goes. He tries to keep us on the rails. Now it's just me and the ladies, and we'll see how it goes. So let's get to the introductions and let's lead things off with Paperboy herself, Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. What the fuck? What did you just call me? Paperboy? He's the rapper in the FX show Atlanta. Oh, I see where we're going now. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know watch this TV. Is, oh, yeah, that's right. I bet nobody else <laughs> listening watches that show. I just love it. Probably not. All right. But yeah, I might be moving to Atlanta, like 80%, 85% chance. Um, I just wanted to send out a congratulations to friend of the pod. And, and also, he's been on the pod, our Jason Polinski, on the birth of his son. Yay. A little poozle. Congratulations. A little poos. We've got a tiny poos. Tiny We're poos. calling him Teddy. His name is Theodore. I might call him Teej. Teej is a great name. Mm-hmm. I love um, him. Teddy poos also goes really well together. So yes. congratulations, <laughs> Jay. Yeah, way to go, and, Jay. And more importantly, Jillian, you're a fucking trooper. Congrats on the sex, guys. <laughs> That will never not make me laugh. It's funny never, every ever. time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're having a baby? Congrats on that. I read, show so off. like, oh, this is, this is a show that we're just, there's nothing to talk I about. So I read, I read a thing on Reddit the other day where a husband was really, really mad that his wife announced on Facebook that they were pregnant by saying something like, we didn't social distance and like put up the... Or, like, we're bad at social distancing and put up this sonogram. But, like, like he was like, no one needs to know about our sex lives. Like, we're not animals. We can keep our hands off each other. Like, buddy, are you a Puritan? Because what a how else do babies get there? Everybody knows that baby 
means sex happened at some point. Gotta put the P in the V. Gotta. Only way. I mean, there are other ways to create a family, but like, (laughs) you know. But scientifically. A married heterosexual couple. You put the P in the V. The P in the V. Yeah. (laughs) He was real mad about it. This is a show. We're (laughs) We're doing this. For all you out there listening who wondered how it happened. <laughs> how babies are made. Oh, we do have children that listen for, to the show. For our I'm elementary so sorry. For our elementary school audience. <laughs> I'm so First sorry. of all, your parents are fucked if you're listening to this show. <laughs> or they're awesome. Well, exactly. No, I mean I would have been yeah. My parents took me to the theaters to see Arnold Schwarzenegger movies when I was a kid, so I get it. Like I watched a lot of Jackie Chan. <laughs> The fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. I clearly don't have a hockey-related hot take, so I'm just going to warn everyone that at some point on this show, based on the outline, I'm probably going to yell about socialism again. So get ready, <laughs> like like right away. <laughs> probably. Just get ready uh, for it. I, I said on Slack when I was like setting up, you know, uh, when we were going to do the show. Of course, it's the same time as usual, pretty much. And Steph just goes, "What the hell are we going to talk about?" And I said, "I don't know. The weather." So let me hear your cloud hot takes. You both said you had some things to say about clouds. The only thing I know about clouds is uh, cumulonimbus because it was from Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, really? Um, I don't have much to say about clouds, but definitely a lot to say about the weather in that it's fucking December. It's December and I'm still playing the, the should I turn on my heat or should I not? Or maybe it's an air conditioning type of day game. And like, I don't hate it, but also I hate it. Like, just be cold or be hot. Make up your mind. Well, it's just, I keep thinking I have fucking COVID because I wake up sick every morning. But it's really like, there's just different weather every 25 minutes. And that's not good for me. I would like to say that stratus clouds are low key. Really, really good clouds. For those that mm-hmm. don't know, those are the ones that are super, super up high, and they look kind of like feathery up there. Very good at a sunset. I feel like the puffy ones, Bill's cumulonimbus, they get a lot of they get a lot of play. Cumulonimbus are storm clouds. It's true. Cumulus, cumulus clouds are just the puffy ones. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Dang, owned myself. Science. Yeah. I know. Rocco yeah, and Heifer the- were in a plane, and it looked like there was going to be a big storm, and they're like cumulonimbus. It's true. <laughs> Yeah, so the puffy ones get a lot of play, but I feel like the ones up high, low-key, very good clouds. I do love a good stratus cloud, Mm -hmm. because they're in the stratosphere. It's true. Welcome to Broad Street Science Radio. Um, What clouds do we have today? Just a mess of... Just a mess. I'm in a basement. A a gray sky today. That is just a a blanket of clouds. It always bothers me when people are like, you're in your mom's basement. I'm like, I worked hard to get out of that basement and into my own basement. Yeah, exactly. You're in Ava's basement, (laughs) not your mom's basement. You graduated to your wife's basement. I I paid for this goddamn basement. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast bought this basement. It's true. Rents this basement, basically. Um, I'm going to start splitting. I'm going to start splitting the rent with the mice, I think. Oh, no. Do you have mice? Like a couple running around? Here's a question I have. Like, obviously, you want to get rid of mice. But, like, what's the difference really between mice and cats? 
So cats poop in a designated area. Yeah. Mice it's still poop in the house. Anywhere. It's just the poop that's the like if the if the mice were more polite with their poop, you could let them be your roommates, but they poop everywhere. Yeah. Like inside your oven where you cook food in. Yeah, yeah have like it, you don't want poop in the house. Haven't walls. made it in the oven yet, which has been cool. Like poop in your uh, box of you cereal. Think, no. You think they I've have inspected. It. I had a mouse I had a mouse that would literally pop out the gas pipe in the stove oh. when I lived in West Philly. Yeah. What a cute We, we loved Stuart Little. We loved him. Oh, <laughs> uh, there was nothing there was nothing like the mice over at Drexel, Steph. Like I know I lost Well that's where I yeah. lost a house too much like we gave up. We moved out. <laughs> Story, we just we just straight up were like we can't live here anymore. There were like I'd wake up yeah. and there were just holes in all my clothes. I was like, yep. uh, they win. We <laughs> we moved. Out. Cats don't do that. Eh. Cats Mine destroy rug, shit. Though. I'm on. Yeah, yeah. There's all like right. a whole yeah. apartment of hardwood floors, and he barfs on the rug every time. All right, buddy. Thanks. It's fine. Yeah, bear bear did that the other day. Like I've got tile all over my house, but he went. Right to the stairs to throw up, which there's carpet on the stairs. Thanks, like, bud. Yeah, Thanks. Not. Tile on the bottom, hardwood on the top, and you're on the stairs where it can cascade down. <laughs> We're having a great time. <laughs> Aren't puppies wonderful? <laughs> They're great. All right. They, so, are, they are a delight. So it is now December 2nd, which means we are about a month out from the proposed return to play date. Um, any thoughts? Uh, there have been different stories about the different ideas and the different obstacles going on for this return to play. Obviously, if you follow other sports or if you follow the news in general, things not exactly going well with this virus. Um, uh, what do we think about this? Like, how much longer are we going to have to do these shows where there's just nothing? Because, fuck, man, it doesn't seem like... They don't have enough time to get this started January 1st, first of all. They have a month. Not a chance. With They have a month with Christmas in the middle. Like, when are they going to figure this out? So a month, like, a month without having come to an agreement yet. So, like, yeah. we're not even there yet. So let's say, like, by some miracle, they get this sorted by, like, this weekend. Now we've got three weeks for, like, everyone to come back from wherever they are. For them to hold some kind of training camp for people to get into play. Like, there's just absolutely no way it's going to happen. And now, um, today, there was, like, a bunch of news that's probably, you know, even less promising than we've been hearing before. Uh, what was the news today? Oh, was that the stuff from last night? Oh, was it last night? I saw it. Yeah, it was last night. I saw it this morning. Um, Alan Walsh yeah uh did a bunch of tweets about the fact that i think we we touched on this a little bit last week that the owners are pretty much saying give us more of your money nhl hockey players or we're just not gonna do it which is like let's do the thing right now so i need all of you listening right now to understand that even though hockey players are millionaires most of them and will make more money than any of us will see in 10 lifetimes, they are still labor. And they made agreements with people that have tens of times more money than they do. Those are the people at which you should direct your anger. You do not get mad at Carter Hart if he decides that he doesn't want to give Comcast Spectacor more <laughs> of his money because... They've decided that if he doesn't, they're going to take the ball and go home. 
It's absolute bullshit. And I feel like every time this happens, people get pissed off at the players and they never get pissed off at ownership. And I don't understand why. This is exactly why, instead of agreeing to this stupid CBA, the players should have gone on strike because they keep doing this. Every single stoppage that we have had to go through is because of ownership. It's nonsense. These people have plenty of money. Plenty of it. And I don't want to hear any bullshit about them. Oh, no, we're going to have losses, so the players need to give us more money. And I've had it explained to me that, like, the owners could make a better case for themselves by explaining. I, I think a lot of us don't fully understand, like, the financial intricacies of escrow and revenue sharing and all of that kind of stuff. It's very complicated. But the owners could probably explain themselves in a way that makes it a little bit more sympathetic. Um, someone explained it to me this morning in my DMs. It was very complicated. It hurt my head. But at the end of the day, they're pretty much just saying, give us more of your money right now or we're going to take the ball and go home. And it's infuriating. It really makes me mad. Yes. Yeah, so during the pandemic, literally during the pandemic four months ago, the players agreed to accept 72% of their contracts due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So that's 28% of their contract. They are not getting the contract that both sides agreed to. And now the NHL owners are like, oh, well, actually, we don't like that deal. And they can't do that. Like, that is no. not legal. But apparently their lawyers are saying that it can be um, that they want to cancel the season. They're threatening to cancel the season if the players don't agree to giving them more money out of their contract after they just agreed to this four months ago. Um, they're, they're, I mean, the word you're going to see a lot is force majeure, which they cannot do. It's a lockout and it's expressly prohibited. Now I'm reading from Alan Walsh's tweets from in the CBA, Article 7.1B. Like you cannot just lock out the players because- yeah. You you don't want to pay them the contract that you signed. That's you that came to a CBA signed. like you have an agreement. A lockout yeah, the is there's no there. agreement like, and we're not going to go off the last one. Boom, we're locked out. Like now, they have one and they just don't want to honor it. Because is this what I read? I, I, I someone on the show tweeted about it. Did Bettman kind of push this thing through and the owners didn't read it? I did. What see was that, that suggested somewhere? That that the owners, I guess, maybe didn't fully think it through or something. But that's, I mean, that's not our problem. Is that's this not Gary Bettman? Problem. Is this Gary Bettman babyface turn? Like he's trying to no. force us? I probably not. But like, if he forced the thing through and was just like, "No, guys, it's fine. Just sign it. We got the best of the players again, like I always do." And then it turns out they didn't. Maybe. Like, so I no I I think that the agreement that they signed, just like all of the other agreements that the, that the NHLPA has agreed to, heavily favor ownership. Um, but it's just I I'm I'm wondering if when they signed this agreement, which was essentially made so that they could get things going again, maybe they didn't take into account that the United States would still be an absolute dumpster fire and that yeah. we couldn't get going again. Um. That might have been an issue, which, like, to be quite honest, all of these, you know, titans of industry are supposed to be the smartest people in the world. They probably should have saw that shit coming because it was very clear that nothing was getting brought under control here. Um, yeah, so it's just, I, I just, I can't, 
I can't find anywhere in my brain to feel bad for these people because even if you take all of the money out of the equation, these people made an agreement with their workforce that they are now trying to back out of because they don't like it anymore three months later. It's unacceptable. And it was clearly, like, clearly they agreed to it so that they could honor their TV contracts and finish up the season, and they were like, we'll deal with the fallout later, fuck it. Yeah. Like, and, and the players are, you know, you know, they're, they're just a bunch of, like, you know, rural, rural and Ontario, like, <laughs> Alberta cowboy dumbasses who just want to play hockey. Like, they're not, I don't. Like the PA should be thinking of this for them, but these guys are are this are, I think are such that they'll be like, fine, seventy two percent, that's fine. I just want to I just want to play. Like they're gonna not think through what they're agreeing to. I think for the most part. I mean, some of these guys have brains in them, but some of them are just real dumb. Um, by no fault of <laughs> I mean, by no fault of their own. Like the we're here to play know, hockey, not school. Exactly. Like these guys pretty much stopped going to school like early high school. So it's I mean, it's not their fault. They're dumb. But I don't know. It's just it makes me really mad. And I can like I feel like every lockout people get pissed off at the players. The lockouts have never been because of the players. It's just like it makes me mad because we should be like these are the guys that we root for. I'm not rooting for Comcast Spectacor. I don't give a fuck yeah. about them. Yeah, like I will do anything to not give them my money. Exactly. Yeah. If I know one, if I know one thing is going to be fine, it's the super rich. Yeah. I want Carter Hart to have all of his money. I want Kevin Hayes to have all of his money. His eight hundred k or whatever he's making. Yeah. Oscar Lindblom. He has earned all of that money. You're trying to take. You're trying to take money from my sunshine boy. Like, stop it. You're not. You're you're trying to take money from the people that are earning the money. The people that are making you the money because you don't actually do anything. You just had a bunch of money to start with. I'm just like selfishly i just want a season so bad and i want it sooner than later and fuck man like just between this like between the labor disagreements and just man there aren't gonna be fans in the stands if they want to start in january or february like it isn't happening until spring at the absolute earliest um i i don't i'm just i'm becoming more pessimistic while i was cautious earlier now i'm like ugh. I don't really see a path here. I, you know, there is a lot of reasons to cancel the 2021 season. Um, the, the owners locking out the players because they won't accept less of their paychecks is not one of those reasons. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, obviously this is because of the pandemic, but we saw that they could find a way to get it going if they really wanted to. Well, the players also won't agree to it because I hope they the, don't. The, they they won't they won't agree to more bubble like it was last time. It would have to be, it it would have to be executed better because the NHL shockingly flubbed the the bubble situation. Not in execution in terms of disease control because they did a great job there, but in terms of um the the fruition of promises it just didn't happen they didn't they didn't give the players 
what they painted a picture of before they agreed to do it. And it's understandable that that's, you know, annoying and frustrating. But I would imagine that the players understand that given where we are, um, there would have to be at least some kind of, not what they did before with just two places, but some kind of modified bubble situation with extremely limited travel and extremely limited interaction with the outside world. Um, that's really the only way I you still, can do it. I still don't think that they'll agree to it. I mean, I then, really th- don't. then you literally can't do it in the United States. Like, the entire thing would have to move to Canada. That's that's the yep. thing. Like, it looked like, okay, you know, baseball had a few hiccups early, and then it's thing, things moved along into the summer, and, and like, you know, September, October, things were looking up. Same thing with football. September, October, everything's going well. Now you look at the NFL, like the Browns facility is closed for the sixth time this month. Like uh, the Ravens and Steelers are playing a game in three hours from now today on a Wednesday because there's no other time to do it. And the Ravens have no players like it's going to be a a fucking sham of a game like the Saints. Remember how the Broncos played with no quarterback? The Saints and Broncos just played another sham of a game because they had to have like me at quarterback basically for the Broncos. (laughs) Like it was it was was a fucking (laughs) disgrace. Like, I just don't see a way, especially, like, if they're going to leave things up to the players like they did in baseball and football, I do not see a way for this to work. Like, maybe, yeah, that Canadian division might work, but, uh... Like how the fuck, Like, how the fuck are Austin Matthews and Johnny Goudreau even going to get into the country? That's another great question. You know, the last time... I mean, yeah, Matthews, because it's the Leafs, so the, you know, president of Canada or whatever would be like, go ahead, kid. But, like, Calgary's screwed. They they did... um, They they listed them as essential workers. Like, there Uh. is a workaround... I mean, technically, um, I'm an essential worker. I have an email from the Department of Homeland Security. I'm a fucking producer. <laughs> I'm a producer for a sports gambling show. I mean, they're issuing, you know, exceptions for people to enter Canada from the U.S., but it's a process for normal people that I would assume NHL players wouldn't have to go through. Yeah. But they, I'm, they would, I'm assuming, absolutely enforce the 14-day quarantine once they get in there. That's kind of a thing Which... that they're really, really not fucking with up there. Brings us full circle to there's absolutely no way the league starts January 1st. Not like, there's <laughs> absolutely not a, 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 a microscopic possibility because of the 14-day quarantine. And then you want to give them, uh, what, like five days to get into game shape after some of these guys haven't played hockey since... March seems like a stretch, no? Yeah, like half the like a <laughs> like bunch a of lot. teams, <laughs> a bunch of teams haven't played since March 11th. Like uh, the best teams haven't played in fucking months. I heard like last night they. Oh yeah, I I read last night like one of the. I think it, maybe it was Dreger tweeting. I can't remember, but it was the idea of. Uh, yeah, maybe we start training camps after the holidays to skip over all the, like, because, you know, spike after Thanksgiving, you gotta believe after Christmas and New Year's there's gonna be an even bigger fucking spike because no one's gonna listen anymore. It's over with. And, you know, honestly, I don't even blame people anymore. Gotta make out with strangers on New Year's. This thing has been so mismanaged. Yes. Like, like, I can, I understand people just going, fuck it. 
100 percent excellent point it's ridiculous i'm not throwing put, away a year of my life you can put the, it, this is a another thing that i could go on a very long rant about you don't blame individuals for giant big fucking societal problems yeah you can't put this on individuals to fix it has to be a systematic from the top fix like a lot of things like mm-hmm. you know environmental pollution Another thing that you can't blame individuals for. There's no amount of me recycling my diet Sprite cans that's going to save the world when corporate pollution just goes on without any problem. So I mean, you can't. Yeah, this isn't an individual problem. I still, We're not when all I dying see because someone you went and eat turkey, when I see someone throw a McDonald's bag out of their car, I pull up alongside them and give them the finger. I do have to say, when I see someone litter. In 2020, I'm like, you're you're fucking littering? Wherever the fuck you are going, there will be a trash can. I guarantee it. Yeah, like... I, you're I in the car, gonna... which means you have a destination. Just put it on the seat. Like, I've all, I, I just feel like, as a society, I thought we all agreed that we just don't litter because it's, you know, stupid. There's no it's reason the for it. It's like, the biggest dickhead move. Doing? It's yeah. literally the dickhead move of, I don't care about literally anything. Nothing. <laughs> fuck everybody and i'm doing it there's 20 other cars around me fuck you i'm throwing my mcdonald's out the window like what are you doing don't All do right. that this Sorry. this this part of, no no that's it's fine i you know what this this part of the show took way longer than i thought it was going to so we're just gonna break right here oops and then we'll get oh were we done what were we done we were done yelling about how are the we? united states has just fucked up completely maybe we I should mean, be and like I think everyone listening, I think everyone listening is tired of hearing how bad things are fucked. Probably. Let me, let me just take words from Steve Juco and Fly Purpley. Wear a damn mask. Wash your damn hands. There you go. And with that, we will take a short commercial break and we'll be back on the other side. We're going to get in our phone booths, go back in time to, uh, to the before time. So, uh, we'll enjoy that. Listen to this commercial, dummies. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys... It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, fam. Welcome back. And like I said, uh, I wanted to go back in time like we did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and this this time right now was a very interesting stretch for the Flyers. Uh, first of all, I want to say... Last last year, we took Thanksgiving week off. BSH number 234 was November 20th. Number 235 was December 4th. Uh, of course, there were games and shit going on back in the before times that complicated... I gave you 
guys the option to take the week off last week. So that I'm trying to do more podcasts, not less. I know. At this point, I need some. I need some sort of direction in my life. I can't just be like, well, time to start drinking. <laughs> is that frowned upon? Because I've gotta, I've gotta change my lifestyle if it is. Uh, but either way, I think we have a random week off coming to us. Uh, anyway. So, December 3rd, uh, today is December 2nd. You'll probably be listening to this on or around December 3rd. Uh, December 3rd, 2019, was a 6-1 win versus Toronto, capping off a string of seven games in which the Flyers went 6-0-1. Just if you have the time or the inclination, go back and watch the last couple minutes of that Toronto game, because I don't know if you guys remember this, but Farabee scores an empty net goal to put the Flyers up 4-1 with, like, two minutes left. Then in the final 40 seconds, Ghost and JVR added a couple of goals against Freddie Anderson to make it 6-1. It was like Toronto it, Toronto completely stopped playing, and the Flyers were like, nah, fam. Especially Ghost and JVR like needed the stats last year. They just fucking piled it on, and it was so good. Like One team would have left the ice if given the option, and the other was like, this is awesome. <laughs> So it was really great shit. Go back and watch that. I think we all need a little bit of that, that in our lives. Fun. So this is your homework, your Broad Street Hockey homework. Go back and watch yeah. the last, what, 10 minutes of that game? Yeah, like the last, honestly, like watch, yeah, like the last five, 10 minutes of the game. It was really good shit. Uh, and this stretch, and like like I said, they went 6-0-1. Uh, it, it was a good, it was a good seven game stretch for them. Uh but it it also precedes, like, the most turbulent part of the season, which included, like, multiple losing streaks and, of course, Oscar Lindblom's diagnosis. So, like, this was the fu- – like, the show, the December 4th show was, like, we're actually good. Like, us all coming to grips with, yes, good team, finally. We can say it now. So that's – and then, of course, you know, they have the losing streaks and all the bad shit that happens. But in jumping in my phone booth to complete this history project, uh, one guy really stood out to me, and it was the it was the emergence of Kevin Hayes. Uh, in the first 21 games of the season, Hayes put up eight points with four goals and four assists. The Flyers were 10-7-4. Decent, but eh, you know, win-loss, they're below 500. Uh, in the stretch of seven games from November 21st to December 3rd, Hayes scored four goals and two assists. The Flyers go 6-0-1. And that reminded me of a little number um, that was just wacky with Kevin Hayes. The Flyers were 19-0-1 when Hayes scored in the regular season and 3-0 in the postseason when he scored. Oh my god. Like the, What did I tell you? The most important player. And that's MVP, that's something baby. that's something I'm going to get to. Like and he was absolutely I forgot about that part entirely. Like they never lost in regulation when he scored. Their only loss was a shootout loss <laughs> in 19 20, 20 in 24 games or 23 games. Like incredible. Uh but I so I just wanted to go back and think about Do you can, remember Sorry, I'm cutting you off. Do you Go remember ahead. when Kevin Hayes stopped Gol Farabee? I called him Gol Farabee. <laughs> Joel Farabee from scoring his first goal. I don't remember. How? Take me back. I can't I can't remember how. I don't I don't know whether it was a tip in. Did he like put it in like at- It was something and it was supposed to be Joel Farabee's first goal in the NHL and it happened like I know that there were like two, at least two 
goals that should have been his first NHL goal and it just didn't happen. Like he just had the worst luck. But I know the first one was due to Kevin Hayes somehow. So I wanted to go back to, and Steph, we've had fun with you over the last like 18 months with this. Um, But I wanted to go back to June 3rd when they initially trade for Kevin Hayes' negotiating rights. Mm. By how much did Hayes beat everyone's expectations? A lot. Well, I said that he was (laughs) a third liner at best. (laughs) And so, like, you know, his five on fives, it's not like he had the craziest season. He did have, like, the second highest goal total of his career. Uh, His goals per game was tied with his career high, of course. Like, you know, they only played 69 games, not 82. So, yeah. Uh, But it's not like he had a career season numbers-wise. Like, he had 41 points, JVR had 40, and we all say JVR sucked last year. So, like... (laughs) (laughs) I love when people point out JVR's points totals because people are just like... Fuck you, that doesn't matter. He still sucks. It's like, okay. No, because he had like a yeah, career year in terms of assists. Like, he had an amazing like assists year. And he <sighs> he had like a weird year where he did all the stuff he doesn't do pretty well and didn't score nearly enough goals. So it was an I'm odd going year to for him. I clear my throat and once again say Jake Forrest. Yeah. <laughs> I blame Michelle Terrian personally. Oh, well, yeah. Michelle. Michelle. Uh, so Michelle how, Terrian. like, after year one of Kevin Hayes and the contract and all the overpaid stuff, he's now, like, one of the most beloved guys on the team. And, like, how crazy is that? He really shut up the overpayment people real quick. Like, that didn't take long at all. And I think, I don't think any of us realized how important he was going to be just, like, in the room because he's such a goofball. Like I didn't I didn't really know anything personality-wise about Kevin Hayes. I kind of no, assumed yeah. that I would hate him as a person because he's from Boston and he likes barstool sports. So I just assumed that I would hate him. But he's actually like fucking great and obviously a very good presence in the Flyers locker room because those guys were not having fun for a long time and now they're having fun again. Um so I think I think that is kind of the thing that surprised me most with Kevin Hayes. Like I I expected that he would come in and be a pretty good second line center, but I did not expect that he was going to like be such an important piece of the team overall. Yeah. Like, Oh, I will never get over just how beloved Kevin Hayes is. Like how I I will never get over just the, the complete turnaround that happened in the entire city like it wasn't just with me but also with me like I could have never predicted that Kevin Hayes would be one of my top three favorite flyers oh yeah like never I was cool with the signing because it was necessary they needed someone to play that position and he plays that position and is pretty good at it but like you know seven million for this decent player like okay but yeah like Kelly said they needed along with Vigneault along with some young guys coming up like, this team badly needed some personality. And the way he mixes, like, his age, he's 27, 28. He's kind of like that perfect middle between the old guys who've been here a while and kind of weren't having fun for a long time. And then the young guys coming up and don't know any better. He's kind of the perfect, like, in-between of those two eras right there of the team. uh, The two generations of the team that I think is really important even beyond what he does on the ice. Um, 
Give him another seven million. Yeah, why not? I that's I started saying like I started titling like every post game for a while. Like actually, Kevin Hayes is underpaid, and like humorless assholes were like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, yeah, well, too bad. Uh, yeah, well, he is. So <laughs> so as it turns out, our own Charlie O'Connor, who's uh, I think like skiing the Alps this week or something. <laughs> I wish he was. That bougie motherfucker is probably in Vail. <laughs> Uh, he, he wrote an article about, uh, Kevin Hayes that dropped on Monday and he kind of, he kind of plagiarized you a little bit, Steph. He called Hayes, Sounds right. he called Hayes perhaps the Flyers most necessary player. And now I'm not like me personally, I'm not saying he's better than, you know, Couturier or anybody else, but like mm-hmm. in terms of need behind Carter Hart. Was there a single more important addition last year? Like, a bigger reason the Flyers went from bad to good? Oh, God, no way. Like, that hole at at center was, like, a huge problem. And I know, first of all, I'm assuming that everyone that was pissy that we didn't get Matt Duchesne is over that. But he was... Oh, God. Yeah, that's over with real quick. Yeah, at the time, he was the second best center on the market and the flyers went and got him and they needed to do that. And they did it. So it's like a different kind. I mean, we talked a lot about Ron Hextall not being able to get the proper NHL talent to build a team around the young guys that he was drafting. And, you know, Fletch went out and did it pretty immediately. And it obviously paid huge dividends immediately as well. Like, I was trying to think, like, yeah, you know, Justin Braun, nice player, helped out with the helped out with the penalty kill. Fixing the penalty kill was a huge issue. Mm-hmm. We said for we said for how long? Like, if the penalty kill was just mediocre, the Flyers would have been a decent enough playoff team. But since it was the worst, like they were a bad <laughs> team. Uh, like, so like You know who else and, helps with that penalty yeah, kill? I was gonna say Kevin Hayes, a big addition to the PK as well. Like the Flyer he made the Flyers dangerous on the penalty kill again, which they just had not been for so long. Like as much as I like you know, Sean Couturier, he doesn't make you dangerous on the penalty kill, you know? Uh, Kevin Hayes does. He he gives you so many elements. Like Matt Niskanen, nice addition. But I don't, it's hypothetical, but I can't say Ivan Provorov doesn't take the next step even without Niskanen. Like, maybe he's just developing into who he's supposed to be with or without Matt Niskanen. I think Niskanen helped, but, like, Kevin Hayes made the team good. Like, his addition to me, Farabee joining helps. Like, it's more depth. He's a nice player. But Kevin Hayes, obviously, to me, the biggest addition last season. I mean, there were definitely a few factors. Yeah. So Oscar Lindblom coming into his own. Yeah, the emergence the of Lindblom, huge. Um, Travis Konechny being the top scorer on the Flyers. Like, there's, there were definitely um, multiple factors, but I, there's absolutely no way that you can look at this team from top to bottom, start to finish, and say that Kevin Hayes was not the most important player. Now, I'm not saying the most talented, but the most important to this team as a whole was Kevin Hayes. Yeah intangibles baby also just to bring it back to the pk for a second and i know bill appreciates this as well like seeing someone do the mike richards poke at the line and just like go down for a shorty like 
God, it was like it's the first time you did that. I was like, oh no, it's it's the Mike Richards. I'm so happy right now. It was really <laughs> nice to have that kind of element back on this team because there was no one else doing it. Yeah, like teams actually have to fear a cross ice pass now. Like yeah. if you don't have a perfect crisp like point to point or point to boards pass on the power play, you could get it taken the other way for a goal. And that's so easy. Gonna fuck you up. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> so big that teams actually have to be aware that they can't just play with the puck the whole time. And where the flyers are going to sit back and just let them open up a shooting range. Like it, it's, it's huge. And I'll say like, I'm going back to my opinion of the Hayes thing. Like I was okay. This is a nice signing. They definitely need him, but down the middle, like, okay, Couturier, Hayes, probably Nolan Patrick. We're not exactly fast at center. Kevin Hayes, I, I can't call him fast, but he keeps pulling away from God. Like, he gets He's, on, he he has like two breakaways a game. For as big no a dude, not bad. as big a guy as he is, I yeah. didn't expect him to be like so mobile. No. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. like, I still like can't call him fast, but he must be because he skates away from. <laughs> he's gone. Like he's he's even with the dude he stole the puck from, and then suddenly he's scoring, and that guy's still at the blue line. So he must have better wheels than we really gave him credit for. Um, it's all in the ass. He's got he's got the ass. He's got the thick trunk, Steph. It's true. Can confirm. <laughs> yeah, booty it's got a science. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, and I, we all love Frank Saravalli. This isn't to this isn't to like criticize him because he just reports what he hears. But remember the like "show me the money" quote. Like <laughs> someone who was friends with Kevin Hayes told Frank Saravalli he was only going to sign with the Flyers if they overpaid him or something. Remember how controversial that was at the time. Mm-hmm. It was so annoying. It was so annoying. Like. Yeah, you're reporting what you hear, but Frank knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that he was riling up the Flyers fan base for absolutely no reason. Get them clicks, Frank. It was nothing. You don't have to report that. Uh, we do love Frank around here, so uh, like he he just he knew what he was doing. He's I, from here. He I can't gets us. Uh, knowing what the reaction is gonna. I still think like it was worth reporting. Like, knowing what the reaction is going to be isn't a reason not to report something. I just think, like, the context of whatever his source was told that quote by Kevin Hayes from is very important. Like, I remember saying at the time, like, Kevin Hayes was drinking with his buddy, and he's like, yeah, you're going to sign with the Flyers? And uh, Kevin Hayes is, what's he supposed to go, like? He's six beers deep now going, oh, well, you know, I I do. I think I can play a necessary role for that team. I could really help them out. They're going to be contenders. But I got to remember, like, Phil Myers, Carter Hart, I got to keep their cap situation in mind. Like, no, he's talking to his buddy going, yeah, I'm going to sign if they show me the fucking money. Like, that's all he wants. And of course, like, anybody would say that. And every free agent gets overpaid. That's the idea of free. Of course he was going to get overpaid. That's what free agents. Is that's why players want it and owners don't. Yeah, and it's like I don't. I what? Why? I don't know. It was very stupid, and also like, yeah, you're not gonna get reasonable takes any number of beers deep when you're out with your friends at a bar, which like. And I don't fully know that that was the context, but it kind of seems like it's. I bet it was. 
I mean, I would say that to any one of you. Like, yeah. oh, I'm only going to take my job here with SB Nation if they show me the money. Like, that's a natural, like, you want to get paid for a job. Yeah, I too <laughs> like extracting the maximum amount of value from my labor. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, is he's going to be like, you know what? I don't really need any extra money for this extremely difficult job that I do. <laughs> I'm just going to sign with a team that I like. They have nice restaurants in Philadelphia. That's all I care about, really. Like, like <laughs> fucked. Of course he wants all of the money. And, like, dude is from Boston. Like, we talk about it like a negative, which it is. Um, <laughs> but he's looking at us like they're Philly. Like, with his whole Boston attitude. Right. Like, of course it's going to be like, yeah, I'll go play for those traitors if they pay me. Like, of course. I always think Boston and Philly have a love-hate rivalry. Like, listen, we can always agree on one thing, and it's fuck New York. Exactly. Like, I always, always think, I just think Boston, like, because of, one, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, and two, a whole bunch of sports championships between the year 2000 and 2020, like, really, they, they became these divergent cities, but I always thought the rivalry was very pure between Boston mm -hmm. and Philly. Like, the two cities that made the American Revolution happen, two good blue-collar hockey thing cities. Oh, I meant to wear my blue-collar hockey thing t-shirt came in. I meant to wear oh, it today. did you buy one? Yeah, of Yay. course. I tweeted From that Broad I bought Street one, hockey? Steph. You retweeted it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's Remember true. I said I'm in I'm in this business for the free stuff, but even I had to buy one of these. <laughs> I need I need to actually buy one myself because it's really good. Right. It's really good. But anyway, uh I, I do have to like can we agree maybe Kevin Hayes got no. overpaid a little bit? No. 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 Not no? even a little bit. No. Like no. 41 points uh Career high and team leading total of minor penalties, sub 50 Corsi 4 percentage, and like by sub 50, I mean 49.35. He's basically terrible, even, but sub 50. Outscored, outscored to the tune of a like 43 goals 4 percentage at even strength. And he wasn't incredible, you know, like he was for seven million dollars. I realized, like. Yeah, if you want more, you pay more, and then suddenly he's a $9 million player. But, I don't know, I think on-ice production-wise, he got overpaid. But looking at the big picture, yeah. they really needed him. For yeah, all the reasons we've outlined. Yeah, that's a fair point. Like, production-wise, probably. But also, we got him in free agency. Like, you can't really... Like, people do this all the time with, like, comparing UFA contracts to RFA contracts. Like, you can't really, because you're paying for past production, is what you're paying for. And and he'd just come off a, a career year. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, there aren't a ton of, you know, centers coming available that are actually good. And when there's one that hits the market, and there's only two of them in a free agency year, like, they're going to get paid. That's just the way it is, and the way it ought to be. So... Given, as we've discussed, how great he's been for literally all of our lives, I don't have any problem with the extra, like, $200,000 that he probably got overpaid. <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah, like, I'm, oh, what a disappointment, though, that he didn't sign for $6.9 God damn it. <laughs> yeah, come on. You're Kevin. fucking up, Hazy. That would be, like, that feels extremely Kevin. You are fucking up, Hazy. You fuck this up. <laughs> so, 
would you say, so I'm trying to think, like, especially, I mean, Kevin Hayes is the best free agent signing of the last couple years by, Jesus, leaps and bounds by yeah. fucking light years. Uh, but best free agent signing since, like, when? Like, obviously, he's better than Vinny LeCavalier and old yeah. Ray Emery and all that shit. But, like, I'm thinking Briere and Yager are the only... I was and, thinking like, Briere. Briere was a legit star. Like, he was mm-hmm. a star, and the Flyers were 22 and 60, and they were like, we need this guy, and boom, they're in the Eastern Conference Final. Briere, especially the first couple years, huge signing. I mean, Yager, yeah, he was old. He spent three or four years in the KHL, but he's still fucking Yager. Like, can is Hayes in that category with those guys? Yeah. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think so, too, just, like, the immediate impact on the team. I think he's definitely, like, Briere-level signing. I'm trying, like, have they had any other good free agent signings in the last, like, eight years? Every player that I think of was a trade. Well, you have to remember that Ron Hextall was not even trying to sign free agents. So there was, like, a a solid five years that the Flyers getting a free agent was just not even something that was was Ryan White. Right, yeah, so it's like, you know, obviously, given the nothingness that we got from the Hextel era as far as signing NHL players, this is the best one for a long time. All right, and that leads, uh, (laughs) speaking of, like, guys like Briere, that leads me into our next topic. Uh, So Meltzer, the good one, Uh, not Dave Meltzer, but Jesus, what's our Meltzer's name? Bill. Bill? Bill Meltzer. Christ, how did I forget my own fucking name? I, listen, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say it, but what the fuck are you doing? We're doing that. <laughs> oh my God, that's, I, I need to go lay down. <laughs> and that is all the time. Steph, is this, is, what did it feel like when you had a stroke? Oh wow. no. About that. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. So, yeah, Bill Meltzer, our Meltzer, the good Meltzer, uh, is doing a series of pieces on, like, the next potential Flyers Hall of Famer uh, candidates. Uh, he's brought up names like Gagne. I think Gagne is a no-brainer. I think Tockett is easy. Uh, Kelly, maybe you disagree here. I hate Mark Recchi. I think Mark Recchi belongs in the Flyers Hall of Fame. No number retirement, but in the Flyers Hall of Fame. Nah. Uh, okay. Don't need him. My first question is, is Briere a slam dunk? Yes. And I think for a couple different reasons, but number one, yes, the player that he was, Mr. Playoffs, absolutely. But also he works for the organization. That's, I think he absolutely gets in because his ties to the organization put him in over everything else. And obviously his playoff heroics were great, uh, but... Like, it wasn't a very long tenure, and at the end of the day, they didn't win shit. I still think think that they put him in. I don't know. Maybe. I think... When you think think of Danny Briere, you think of Philadelphia. I kind of think of the same... I still kind of think of the same... Well, that's because you're broke. I know. I think about, <laughs> I know. I um, think about that Sabres series with Peter Forsberg when him and Drury were just fucking us. I wonder, because I don't, 
I mean, like Danny Breyer isn't like a first ballot hockey hall of famer for sure. Exactly. So I, I don't, that kind of, I feel like that kind of, for me, makes it less likely that they would put him in the Flyers Hall of Fame, just because, as Bill said, they didn't really do anything when he was here. He was really good for us, but didn't really do anything. Wasn't like he played his entire career here, and he's not such a good player that he's like a first ballot Hall of Famer. We say they didn't do anything, but, like, comparatively, they did go to an Eastern Conference final and then another Stanley Cup final. Like, they were a good team. That's way more. Yeah, that's way more than we've seen recently. (laughs) Fair. fair But it's just that was back (laughs) when he signed, it was still kind of back when we were used to going to the Eastern Conference final every three years. Like, it was more. Like, we thought it was going to happen more regularly. Now, a trip to the, you know, final four, I'd be dancing in the fucking streets. (laughs) Uh, But Briere to me... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, like, I think he's... Is he on par with, like, a... Because, you know, like, Eric Lindros, obviously in. You know, he's a Hockey Hall of Famer, a superstar. Is he on par with, like, a Hextall or a Brenda Moore? I would say he's on par with Brenda Moore. I think. Um, although is he? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Here? Yeah, I, I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Like, and Brenda Moore goes the, to, Brenda Moore goes to Carolina, and obviously, like, I think he belongs in the Hockey Hall of Fame now, but, like, Brenda Moore's tenure here as just a fan favorite, really good player, I think you could kind of make the comparison with Danny Briere and Briere gets in. This one, to me, I thought right away, like, Oh, he's in. And I was like, is Scott Hartnell a Flyers Hall of Famer? Absolutely fuck not, Bill. Come on. No. No? No. Like, just because he was such a fan favorite. I mean, yeah, but that's not the point of the Flyers Hall of Fame, I don't think. I mean, like, you know, he was fun and he played good hockey here. But, like, if, if we lower the bar that far for the Flyers Hall of Fame, then, like, a third of the players that ever played for the team get in, which, like, I don't think is the point. Do you actually think right, he belongs in there? All right. I'm <laughs> trying to... I'm looking up what he did here, and I want to compare it. What was he here? One, two, three, four... Oh, just scroll down. He was here seven seasons. It's a decent amount of time. I it was that long. 24... 24, 30, 14, 24, 37, and then eight goals. Uh, so, like, he scored, you know, 20-ish goals every single year. Couple of 30-goal seasons in there. The huge 37 all-star season. Funny as all shit. We had the wig giveaway. <laughs> like, <laughs> threw his glove. That was fun. Fell that down was- a lot. He did do Fell that. down, like, started a charity of counting how many times he falls down. <laughs> like, I don't want to... It's, uh, it's so hard because the team was so not great for so long. Yeah. Remember that 2012 Penguin series? Yeah. He deserves it just for that. <laughs> just for that. I mean, if there's a fan favorite Hall of Fame, he gets in there easy. But like First Dave battle. Schultz Hall of Fames is in. Are stupid. Hall of Fames are propaganda, and I hate them. How are they propaganda, Steph? Listen, I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's just a fun night for the fans to remember a guy they liked. Yeah. Like and like I get I get upset about then it. Then like, do it for everyone. Like Bobby Abreu getting in the Phillies Hall of Fame is like everyone fucking hated Bobby Abreu. Why is he getting in? But like everyone loved Scott Hartnell. Everyone. Dave Schultz is in the Flyers Hall of Fame. Now like Dave Schultz very necessary player but like he's known for 500 penalty minute seasons. Like that was, was going to say. Thing. But you see he has a nickname. So. Yeah. You know. That puts you over the top. Yeah. If everyone can, if you can be referred to as first name air quotes last name like you get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Scotty Hartnell didn't have an air quote middle name so. Just he was Hartsey. Uh Steve. Steve. <laughs> Steve Hartnell. We are so That's online fair. sometimes. That's We're fair. way too online. Oh, God. Never. I'll never be too online. I will never log off. No. When someone says log off, I log in again. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Society wants me to go outside and speak to humans. Well, fuck you. Stay logged on. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so it's a yes for Briere and a no for Hartnell. Oh, it's a yes for Hartnell too. You say yes, yes for Hartnell so too. No, it's a no for me. <laughs> Chemo no also me, yes. All three of them yes. I think Chemo is in. Really? So I don't. I. I guess I gotta go look again at who's in the Flyers Hall of Fame because in my mind, like, if you, I guess, well, I guess this is Brindamore too. Like, if you leave and then you go win someplace else, like. In my mind, that may, like I'm sure Rod Brindamore thinks of himself as a Carolina Hurricane. As a Hurricane, like he does not yeah. think of himself and as no, a like, Flyer. I, I don't fully agree. Kimo lives here. He definitely thinks of himself as a I Flyer. I don't. I don't Fair. completely agree with the idea of Brendamore being in because, like, he's not ours. I always think it's for guys who are ours. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Like Gagne, ours. Tocket, even though Tocket won elsewhere, I think of Tocket as us. Like the the hundred point hundred penalty minute guy. Like he was a captain of this team. I think Tocket is is a flyer. Uh, do you, that. Let me ask that, Kelly. Do you think Gagne and Tocket are definitely Flyers Hall of Famers? I know these predate predate you, Steph. That's why I'm not asking. Mm, no. I don't think I would put either of them in, but Gagne. Top ten all time in goals. I know, but again, like in in like the annals of history, Simone Gagne is going to be an LA King because he won his cups there. Ah, like, that's you know we fucked up. We let all, we let all the good players go and win their cups elsewhere. <laughs> so maybe we don't get them anymore. I can't wait for Mike Richards and Jeff Carter to get in. Oh God. Do we have like a big like? Remember when Lindros came back for the. Uh, when Lindros came back for the Winter Classic and it was like, yes, he's back in the family. Do yeah. we ever do that with Richardson Carter? Absolutely the fuck not. No. <laughs> Richards won't come back. I was going to say, Mike Richards would probably tell whoever <laughs> called him to go and fuck themselves and then just go out and do some more fishing and pet some more kitty cats. He, he would he would tell them to go fuck themselves and then he would throw his phone into the lake <laughs> that he had. Oh, as soon as they said open bar, dude, he'd be on the first fucking flight. No, he's a changed man. No, he's man. grown up now. Yeah, he's a he's out there petting kitty cats, catching fish. He's got cats. How do you and know all married? this? 
People show me Instagram, Instagram. pictures. Oh, and I got to get more into the Instagram world. I don't, I don't use it, but every now and again, I see someone post a picture of Mike Richards petting a cat, and I get very excited about it. <laughs> our, our friends of the show, Paul and Cole, are very in tune with what Mike Richards is doing, and they send me updates. All of it makes me happy. That man deserves a life <laughs> of luxury and peace because he got fucked over by a whole lot of people. I got his jersey right here. Yes. <laughs> it sits on the back of my post game chair. Downstairs. Yes. We should all right, have is that like it? an all Mike Richards show one of these days since we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> uh, actually, actually, you're on to something. <laughs> you know, remember was it a cut it was a few years ago we did like the drunk history of the Flyers? What oh, if yeah, we did I that remember. again? What if we did that again with like everyone's all time favorite flyer? Something like that. I'm into it. Remember this that day, Bill, that we we did a post game for the that 2010 game that we watched. Yeah, that they read. Yeah. That was fun. That was a lot. That of fun. was fun. I loved when you guys did that. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have probably have to come up with some fucking creative ideas because if this off season goes to like September, yeah, we're not getting hockey in January, fam. So yeah. get used to shows like this. That's all. I uh, these say. are these are always <laughs> things we should talk about off the air because like now people will expect them and we're lazy as fuck. <laughs> Congratulations. So now we... Listen, I try and warn you guys, but you do it anyway. So now we have to come up with something. Hey, listen, if you have show ideas, tweet me, at Philadelphia one All right, are we done? But only tweet at Bill. Please don't send them to me. Thank you. No, send all your complaints about the podcast feed to Steph. She loves it. Right. All right, are we done? That's it? I think so. All right. I I could keep talking about stuff that isn't hockey. Right. The people well, have suffered enough. Yeah. <laughs> the people have. <laughs> well, that is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. I don't know what's going on on Google Play. Maybe it's working. Maybe it isn't. Our crack staff is working on it. I'm sorry for any inconvenience. You can always find the podcast. Yeah, don't use Google Play. Just find another Just find another podcast. Yeah, use Spotify. Go to BroadStreetHockey.com. Get yourself an Apple product like an adult. Whatever you got to do. Uh, if if you're and if you're Android, I use Podcast Addict. That's my podcast app. All right, perfect. Yeah, Google Play has been giving us some shit. Uh, so figure something else out if you're having trouble. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all our time. My name is Bill Matz for Kelly for Steph. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah.